This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Just a way of introduction. This is a new format, as you can see. We're going to start throwing this in every now and then. And I'm going to introduce everybody here. Sorry, Shelby. But we have somebody you can't see on camera. You will hear her voice because she's going to give some input. And that's Shelby Rose. And you've probably heard the commercials that I've made for Mary Gamboa Music with her album Jealous. And yes, I am wearing the free t-shirt that I got from her yesterday. <laughs> you have to pay for it. I get it free just because I'm cool. You're cool too. But that's cool that I am. Oh, just kidding. Um, but this is Mary Gamboa, the, the one who wrote those songs and, and produced that album. Uh, and you can check that album out at uh, marygamboamusic.com or anywhere that you stream your music. And so this is Mary. We got Shelby. And you've known me for a long time now, so I'm Randy. And we're breaking down Romans. And so we're ready for Romans 12, which is a huge chapter. This whole book's been huge. Slapping me in the face left and right. Um, but in, in chapter 11, Paul explains how the Jews rejected their Messiah, which is Jesus. And because they did so, God turns to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jews. And so he begins letting the Gentiles um, into the kingdom now. And we, you know, we, when we broke down the book of Acts, we talked about Cornelius and what happened at his house with all his friends and his family and with Peter coming and preaching the gospel to them and the Holy Spirit following in on the Gentiles at Cornelius' house just like it did in the day of Pentecost. But even at that point, when persecution began in, uh, in Acts chapter 8 with the stoning of Stephen and with Saul going around grabbing men and women and pulling them you know, out of their homes and busting up families and carrying them to jail, um, with, that, with the persecution and the scattering of the church, they still had issues with the Gentiles. They still just mainly went to the Jews only. There was a friction in that relationship with the Jews and the Gentiles. And what's ironic is that the church at Rome is made up of Jews and Gentiles. And for the first 10 or 11 chapters, Paul's been hammering on the Jews. And then I think it was chapter 11, he, he starts talking to the Gentiles and talking about how they have been, the, some of the Jews have been, uh, their branches and they've been cut off. And since they've been cut off, the Gentiles have been grafted in to the root system, the root system being Christ, the kingdom. You're in the root system, you're being fed. Without that root, you die. Um, so we cover all that in chapter 11. Y'all didn't, but I did. Um, and so I want to back up and read the end of chapter 11 because there was no chapters and there was no verses in the in original, the original Bible, text. In the original text. It's our convenience that we have those. And so it's kind of like just one big flow here. And in the beginning of chapter 12, there is a transition thought. And so to get to that transition, I, I will just read a few verses at the end of 11. It says, Many of the people of Israel are now the enemies of the good news, and, the benefit, and that benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're the forefathers of the Hebrews. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Let's cool verse. I think you mentioned that to me the other day and when you were praying for me. You said that yeah. verse. 
I don't think you realized it, but that's what you said. Um, where was that? The gifts and the calling of the God. Can never God be withdrawn. Irrevocable. Yeah, that's what you said, irrevocable. Uh, once you Gentiles uh, were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. And now they are the rebels and God's, it's kind of like they swap places. Uh, but when, when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so that he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Well, we think we can know, but we don't really know. Oh, how great are God's riches and his wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who, can, who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so this, this is Paul's way of saying that God's sovereign. And do you remember Rod Parsley? Mm-hmm. Okay. When I was younger, I used to listen to him a lot. And Rod Parsley, his definition of God's sovereignty is this. God's God and you ain't. God's God and you ain't. He's in control. And we're not. We like to think we are, but we're not. And, and so this is Paul's way of saying God's sovereign. Everything that he chooses to do, every decision God makes, whether we agree with it or not, it's the right decision. It's the right thing. Because he's righteous and he's holy. Um, so everything that he chooses to do is right. He knows uh, what he's doing. And we as his creation, because we're, we're not the creator of the creation. Uh, we're the clay. Um, we cannot understand God. But we can trust him. And we can put our faith in him. Mm-hmm. Which is easier said than done. Which is why Pastor James had to pray for me the other night. Because <laughs> I like to say I trust God. And I do. Most of the time. Sometimes we, you know, we like take those reins back. Um, and so we come to chapter twelve, and there's—I'm sure y'all heard tons of sermons on chapter twelve, one through three. So the first thought we're going to discuss is this renewing your mind ordeal. In Romans twelve, one through three, Paul says, "And so, and there's your transition. God's sovereign. We're not. He's in control. The church is made up of Jews and Gentiles." Because the, Gentile, the Jews were obeyed, you Gentiles have been grafted in. And so, dear brothers and sisters, and so he's talking to both Jew and Gentile Christians. And I use the New Living Translation. And it says, I plead with you. What did you say? I urge you. Is that what you said last night? What does it say? Um, this one says, in, in, yes, I urge you. I urge you. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, um, the first question that we can discuss is this. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Well, if you look at the Old Testament, 
animal sacrifices, they were dead. I mean, it was a, it was a living animal, but in view of the scripture that says, you know, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, the blood had to be shed to show that there was a death to pay for the sin. And this is a, a different concept because it's no longer a, a dead sacrifice, an animal that's been... Uh, been killed and the life drained out of it, but it's a living sacrifice. It makes me think of what Jesus said in Luke nine twenty three: If any man will come after me, or any woman, man being a generic term there, if any man or woman will come after me, let him what? Take up his cross. Deny himself. Mm -hmm. Take up his cross and then follow me. Deny yourself. The cross is a, a, definitely a place of death. And Jesus calls us to carry our cross daily and follow him. And um, like you said, those sacrifices in the Old Testament were dead. Right. Dead things do no good. <laughs> dead men have no breath, no. right? No. Um, but we were talking about Galatians, right? Um, I've been crucified with Christ so that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me in the life I now live. So again, it's that dichotomy of I've been crucified, but I now live this life. Um, so I'm dead to the old man, but I'm alive in Christ. Um, Galatians 2.20. Right. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live for the Son of God and the one who gave himself for me. Um, right. So that's... That's the sacrifice of our lives, is the spiritual death of the old man and our sin nature, our flesh, um, and the life in the spirit. Yeah, and the guy that's writing this letter, Paul, what did he say? I can't, I can't remember the exact scripture reference, but he said, I die daily. daily. I die daily. Obviously, he's not physically dying daily, but he is dying to himself, his mm -hmm. old man, trying to bury that because yeah. I mean in Romans he just talked about the struggle the sin struggle that mm -hmm. I mean this is like the greatest missionary that's ever walked on this earth right. one of the strongest Christians ever but he still struggled with sin mm -hmm. so he made a daily decision to bury the old man to die daily to be that sacrifice a living living sacrifice so Mary is our worship leader at Authentic Church 322 Lindsay Street Alcoa, Tennessee, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Um, so here's a question for you. What is worship? It is um, a term that means ascribing worth to, technically. To, to ascribe worth or value um, to something or to someone. And obviously, we can worship all kinds of things or people or situations. But God is jealous for our worship. And not because he's an egomaniac, but because he's deserving of it. What did we just look at in a couple, a couple of verses before that, right? Hmm. In um, 1136, it says, From him, through him, for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Yes. And so he is deserving of 
our worship, our attention, our devotion, our time, our affection. Um, and that is what we pour out in, in worship. Unfortunately, I think in, in music especially, we tend to say praise is the fast music and worship is the slow music. <laughs> but that's so erroneous as far as what um, worship truly should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be our lifestyle. That we live lives that are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That everything we do comes out of a heart of, I want to say, God, that you're worth it, you're valuable, and um, I, I treasure you, and everything I do is unto you. So worship's not the magical hour between 10 and 12 on no. Sunday morning? <laughs> no, because what you said is, is spot on. It, it's... It's the way we live our lives. It's a, it goes back to what we were saying a while ago that Paul gets up and says, hey, I'll die daily. I'm making a decision. I'm putting Christ first. I'm following Christ today. I'm walking with Christ because he's counting me worthy, and I have something to offer him, which is my worship. All right. You know, it just occurred to me. It was like Abraham going up to, to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. Right. right. He goes up, and, and he tells his servants, wait for us here we're going to go up and worship That's right. on the mountain. That's a good thought. And then we'll come back. That's right. As far as we know, there were no musical instruments involved in that. You know what I'm saying? There was, there music was some had, firewood and his son. Right, <laughs> right. There was, there was the sacrifice That's it. that he was about to take and the fuel to burn it with. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, right? But, um, you know, their act of worship was to go and offer the thing that God had required. The son had promise. asked for. Right. The son of um, So it, it had nothing to do with any any kind of musical form. It was the life of obedience, hmm. even when it cost you something. That's good. So. Any thoughts from yeah, Shelby over there? Anything rolling through your head? Oh, let's see. So this word, this word, um, what Paul says, uh, where is it at? In verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We were discussing this last night, just kind of giving it a trial run. Um, I sang the Transformers song. Transformers. More than meets the eye. Shelby, if you could be a transformer, which one would you be? <laughs> Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Because she, she totally rock out. Yeah. She wouldn't say much, but she would totally rock it out. So you, you would have superpowers if you were a transformer. Right. That's right. what we were talking about with paddleboard yesterday. What superpower would you have? Transformers. But we were also talking about con- conforming. And we were saying that, you know, if you pour a batter in a mold, like cupcakes, it takes on the form of the mold that you pour it in. Or if we want to go way back in the way back machine, jello molds, Mm. right? All kinds of different shapes. Um, You can do cake pans that are all kinds of different shapes and sizes, right? But you pour a batter into that mold and then bake it, and then it takes on the shape of the mold. And this is what he's telling us not to do. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. 
right? The, the mold that the world throws out there yeah. for you. Don't conform to that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, and that, and that word transformed in the Greek is metamorpho, and, and it's it's where we get our word metamorphosis, which is, you know, where the caterpillar built its little cocoon and hangs out for a day or two and then turns into a butterfly. And that's the same word, actually, in Jesus' transfiguration when he was transformed and he was shining and light and talking with uh, Elijah and Moses on the mountain. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, one thought that I have before we go on. Um, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. This is the New Living Translation. I'm not sure what y'all's version says. But this says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So that word let is is saying you got to give God permission to do this. And this is where, because uh, um, we were talking about Yahweh part of it, but in, in the previous podcast we were talking about predestination. You know, you have you have do you have the elect few that's going? God already knows who they are, or do we actually have a choice? My, you know, of course, y'all know me. My, my, I say we have a choice. The gospel's for whoever will. Anybody that wants to accept it. Um. But at the same time, we we have a free will. God God put the the the, the tree of knowledge and. Uh, good and evil in the middle of the garden and he said don't eat that fruit but he gave them a choice right there then and there Adam and Eve had the choice they can eat that fruit don't go around the tree don't pick the fruit or eat the fruit Mm -hmm. you know and unfortunately you know Satan duped them and they ate the fruit and you know we're still paying the price but my point is we have a free we have free will God's not going to make us do anything I mean There's households that have eight to ten copies of the Bible in their homes. Mm-hmm. But God don't come down in their bedroom or whatever, or their living room, and make them pick it up and open it and read it. Yeah. yeah. We have to make it's a that, choice. We, yeah, we have a choice. So how do you renew your mind? I'm going to throw that question out. How do you renew your mind? Yeah. Because it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. I have a thought on it, but you go with yours. Well, I mean, the, the word says elsewhere that we are renewed in our mind by the washing of the water of the word. And so as we get this word into us, it renews our thinking. It renews our, our thought patterns and gets the world system out, pushes that out as... God's system, kingdom thinking, takes hold. And that's how we are transformed. By thinking God's thoughts after him, right? What does he say? Um, The scripture that talks about, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are Mm -hmm. higher than your ways. But he says to the wicked man, right? Um... But by reading this word, we begin to know God's thoughts. We begin to think his thoughts after him. And then the, by the process of renewing our minds with this word, we are transformed. 
The good old King James Version in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show yourself approved in God. Um, I think the New King James says, Be diligent. New Living Translation says, and this is a word people don't like to hear, when, especially when it comes to church and worshiping God, but it says, Work hard. What? <laughs> That's a four-letter word. What? Work. Yeah. Work. Yeah. What? Work. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, and uh, who correctly explains the word of truth. A workman approved is not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's right. So, in other words, you got to be in the word. Mm-hmm. Our, our lives literally depend on this book. Our spiritual lives, our relationship with God. I mean, it goes back to relationships. I mean, with your spouses, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your friends, just your friends even. I mean, what kind of relationship are you going to have if you never talk to them and never have conversations? Right, if you don't have communication. Laugh and stuff like that. Communication. And God has preserved this for us, and we're so blessed to have it. But yet, we don't... A lot of people, a lot of... People who say they follow Jesus, they don't take advantage of the power that they have right in their hands. Mm-hmm. Because it changes lives. It's, I mean, we saw it this morning in our services. We see it every week, really. But. but then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What is the will of God? You hear people ask that question all the time. I don't know. I don't know what God's will is for me. I don't know what He wants me to do. It's not complicated. We've come that they would have life and life more abundant. His will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of Him. Well, I know in, there's a book of Micah intimately somewhere. Intimately knowing Him is His will. Hey, Micah, where are you at? I'm looking for Micah 6 8. Because if I try to quote it, I'm going to blow it. That's bad when you have looking at the table of contents from Micah. Sorry. It's okay. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm pretty sure that you discussed that in one of the earlier chapters of Romans. Uh, Micah 6 8 says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. So here is God's will for your life to do what is right to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god seek justice love mercy walk humbly with your god okay shelby had a thought here she's pointing me at pointing to me a scripture this is first corinthians chapter 2 starting at verse 12 um now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we might understand the things freely given us by God, and that we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. That's good. It goes on in the next couple of verses. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, 
and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Woo! Since I've been studying Romans, we have the mind of Christ. It's, it's amazing how much Paul's words and his thoughts are similar in, in his books, and I never, I've never realized that. And I've been reading the Bible since I was in third grade. But you see the carryover. Yeah. Um. He's writing a message to lots of different churches, but a lot of it is consistent throughout. And he's saying, "You got to die to yourself, and you got to you got to go with God wholeheartedly. Got to know know what God's will is." They, I mean, they didn't have they didn't have the convenience that we have. They didn't have scripture. I mean, they I, had the Old Testament. I was just thinking about that too. You know, and typically. It, you know, a family didn't have Torah scrolls sitting in their living room That's right. on their coffee table. Get that. You know, yeah, it was in Torah school where the boys would learn about it, and in the synagogue when they went on the Sabbath to to worship and hear the word, they had to memorize portions of it. And woe to us who have this so readily available in multiple versions at our fingertips all the time. If we don't take advantage yeah. of... And on apps on our phone, which will read for right. us. And reading the Word and understanding the mind of God. You know, getting our minds renewed um, as we test what is God's will? What is His good, pleasing, and perfect will for us? This Word, it's written in testaments, right? When somebody dies, their last will and testament mm-hmm. is the last things that they say to people this is who i want to have this this is where i want this to go um and this is his will for us to walk in his word that's right for us to know him it's a good thought his good pleasing and perfect will anything else we want to add to those few verses if not we're going to stop there and we'll pick up with keep on trucking we'll see you next podcast Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.